the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Whether you're listening from far away or next to beautiful Seneca Lake, we hope that through the reading and proclaiming of Scripture, you hear God's wisdom, challenge, and blessing for you today. If you're able to worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9.30, we at Hector Presbyterian Church would love to share Christ's peace with you. As we turn our attention to the scriptures, let us pray. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read, and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. A reading from the book of Ecclesiastes. Listen for God's word to you. Next I saw under the sun something else that was pointless. There are people who are utterly alone with no companions not even a child or a sibling. Yet they work hard without end, never satisfied with their wealth. So for whom am I working so hard and depriving myself of enjoyment? This, too, is pointless and a terrible obsession. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their hard work. If either should fall, one can pick up the other. But how miserable are those who fall and don't have a companion to help them out. Also, if two lie down together, they can stay warm. But how can anyone stay warm alone? Also, one can be overpowered, but two together can put up resistance. A three-ply cord doesn't easily snap. The words of Kahoet, the teacher of the assembly. Thanks be to God. Our second reading comes to us from the Gospel of Luke. Listen, at the crossroads God's wisdom calls. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through town. A man there named Zacchaeus, a ruler among tax collectors, was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he couldn't because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed up a sycamore tree so he could see Jesus who was about to pass that way. When Jesus came to that spot, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down at once. I must stay in your home today. So Zacchaeus came down at once, happy to welcome Jesus. Everyone who saw this grumbled, saying, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I will give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anyone, I will repay them four times as much. 
Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this household because he too is a son of Abraham. The human one came to seek and save the lost. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It's not often that your friends burst into song when you discuss your weekend plans. But when I told a friend in Austin that I was preaching on Zacchaeus this week, he piped up without missing a beat. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. It's been a minute for me since the days of Sunday school. I imagine it has been for you all, too. Neither my friend nor I could remember how the song ended. So I looked it up. If you know it, sing along. From the top. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see, for the Lord he wanted to see. And as the Savior passed that way, he looked up in the tree, and he said, Zacchaeus, you come down, for I'm going to your house today. For I'm going to your house today. Bravo, y'all. Now, I know that Sunday school sing-alongs aren't exactly Grammy nomination material, but I was a little disappointed because this song left out the best part, the part that makes Zacchaeus' story the perfect story about God's blessing of community. Luke's gospel called Zacchaeus a ruler among tax collectors. Frederick Beekner called him a crook, a Judean leg man for the Roman IRS, who, following the practice of the day, raked in as much more than the going tax as he could get and pocketed the difference. When people saw Zacchaeus oiling down the street, they crossed to the other side. There's a word for your neighbor who assists an oppressive foreign regime that is draining your community's resources. That word is traitor. Zacchaeus sold out his own people working for the Romans, and he didn't just skim off the top. He was rich. Whenever Luke describes rich people or riches in his gospel, it's never a good thing. When most of the people around you are struggling to make ends meet, when a good portion of the population doesn't know where its next meal will come from, hoarding wealth means that you are out of sync with God's dream for the world, where all are cared for, really out of sync. Kohelet's words, which make up the book of Ecclesiastes, echo loudly in Zacchaeus' story. I saw under the sun something else that was pointless. There are people who are utterly alone with no companions, not even a child or a sibling, 
yet they work hard without end, never satisfied with their wealth. Imagine you were part of the crowd of people straining their necks to catch a glimpse of Jesus. If you noticed Zacchaeus trying to wriggle his way to the front where he could see, wouldn't you do your best to pack in tighter? I mean, come on, the guy's a schmuck. He's cheated you out of money that you could use to feed your family. If I saw a tax-evading multi-billionaire like Jeff Bezos or Mark Zuckerberg shimmying their way through the crowd, both of whom, incidentally, are five foot seven, my height, <laughs> you bet I wouldn't feel any sympathy that they couldn't find a good spot. Come on, Jeff, if you want to see Jesus, Amazon Prime yourself a drone to fly you above the scene. I digress. The point here is this. By choosing profit over people, Zacchaeus cut himself off from God's gift of community. Well, fine. That's his choice, right? Who needs the messiness of community anyways? As it turns out, we do. Kohelet's observations about loneliness ring true in our own time as well. According to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, an estimated one in five Americans report feeling lonely or isolated. The older you get, the more at risk of loneliness you become. And risk is the right word, because studies regularly link isolation from community to health problems. Julianne Holt-Lundstadt, a professor of psychology at Brigham Young University, says it this way, lacking social connection carries a risk that is comparable to smoking up to 15 cigarettes per day. That's a little less than a pack. From the very beginning, God created us for connection. We were meant for relationship with our maker and with each other. Even when we hid from the Holy One behind fig leaves, God has never stopped inviting us into a different way of life, one marked by mutual care, the building up of the entire body. We can't fool ourselves. We refuse that invitation again and again to one degree or another. Our ancestors in faith even recorded in their sacred writings whole chronicles of our refusal to recognize each other as brother and sister, our refusal to recognize the Holy One as our God, lest we be tempted to think that we are better than that. No, we might not be Zuckerberg or Zacchaeus, but we share with them the burden of disconnection, a burden we unnecessarily bear. Zacchaeus, lacking an Amazon drone, scrambled up a sycamore tree. Ficus sycamorus possesses dense 
foliage and branches that stretch out as wide as the tree is tall, sometimes growing up to six stories. A sycamore tree is a good vantage point and a decent hiding spot to boot. But there's no hiding from Jesus because the human one came to seek out and to save the lost. I always imagine that moment when Jesus looked up at Zacchaeus as that uncanny, uncomfortable moment when the person on the bus or across the room that I'm looking at suddenly locks eyes with me. Quick, avert your gaze. But there's no mistaking Jesus' voice. Zacchaeus, come down at once, for I must stay in your home today. It is not reported how Zacchaeus got out of the sycamore, Fred Beekner knows, but the chances are good that he fell out due to pure astonishment. My house? How is this possible? Oh, the honor, the delight, happy is the word that we read, but it could so easily be a rejoicing, being seen, being invited, being wanted. That sends a thrill of joy through our limbs. And it's Jesus who wants to see us, who invites us, who wants to spend time with us. It's Jesus, God's love walking around on two feet that breaks the spell of disconnection. But the best part comes after the Sunday school song, after the Lord's astonishing words and the wee little man's happiness. Zacchaeus, hearing the grumbling of the crowd around him, stops dead in his tracks. He opens his mouth to speak, but not to the crowds, not to say defensively, now folks, look. Now he doesn't justify himself. He turns to Jesus and says, look, Lord, I'm giving it all away. Half of my possessions I'll give to the poor, the beggars, the starving. And if I have cheated anyone, and you know he's cheated a few folks. I'll pay them back, not double, not triple, but four times as much as I skimmed from them. Are you flabbergasted? You should be. That is so much money. Look at Jesus' face. Feel the joy beaming from his grin, stretching from ear to ear. Today, salvation has come to this household because he too is a son of Abraham. Once, God's dream for the world was only a footnote in a rich man's life. Now, that dream is coming true. The traitor recognizes who he is and whose he is. He is a son of Abraham. He belongs to a God who promises love and faithfulness from generation to generation. He belongs to a community formed by God to care for each other and even for the strangers living among them. 
Zacchaeus no longer needs to be weary of disconnection because with only a few words, Jesus placed in his hands the blessing of belonging, his to claim from the very beginning. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. During this season of stewardship, we are coming alongside Jesus, taking his yoke upon us and learning from him. There, beside Jesus, we find blessings from heaven to share with our neighbors. In the last few days, the Spirit showed me what the blessing of community looks like in two starkly different situations. Yesterday, I had the privilege and the pleasure of officiating Bryson Clarkson's wedding under the bright September sun, surrounded by friends and family, Bryson and Justine made their vows to each other. It was lovely, but not particularly unusual for weddings. When I married Kenny and Brenda in Lodi, a couple months ago, their three witnesses showered them with love just as strong as 300 people would. No, what caught my breath at Bryson and Justine's wedding was the palpable presence of dear ones whose lives stopped short of that joyous day. The couple had photos of these people on display, and I recognized Rob Swinnerton among them, among whom I assumed to be other grandparents. When I looked at a photograph of Bryson's graduation, I assumed that the subject of remembrance was the man in the background. I didn't see at first the young man leaning against Bryson in the foreground. That young man was Devin Shaw, Bryson's best friend. Devin was diagnosed with bone cancer in high school, and for more than three and a half years, he resisted its advance through his body. He died at 18, just a month or so after graduating high school. In the photograph, Devin is leaning on Bryson for support. Bryson was prepared to carry his friend across the stage if he couldn't walk. During her toast, Devin's sister, Kendra, shared how after Devin's death, she grew closer to Bryson's family, how their relationships, their friendships became more intentional. The best thing Devin gave us, she said, was each other. And suddenly, for an instant, a table full of young men in tuxedos and young women in gowns, unremarkable in their youth and happiness, were transfigured into a sign of God's presence, a living example of the blessing of community. The day before the wedding, 
God's presence showed up in a very different place, at a freshly dug grave in the cemetery out back. David Hostetter, who pastored this congregation in the 70s and early 80s, was buried on one side of the grave, his wife Madge buried on the other side. Only a few days before, Pastor Hostetter's son, also named David, called me in the parking lot of the Lodi Church with news that his sister Bonnie had died. She was 64 years old, and I was there to preside over her funeral. As an adult, Bonnie experienced hardship, some of it self-inflicted. The relationship between brother and sister had frayed over the years, in no small part due to a period of addiction and alcoholism in Bonnie's life. David had requested a small graveside service for the handful of family who would gather. I don't think that there will be more than seven people, he said. Standing at the open grave, I could count seven family members, David, his wife, two sons, three stray cousins. But Barbara Brown and her daughter Lori were there too. They used to visit with Bonnie regularly at her nursing home in Canandaigua. I learned from them that Bonnie had a wicked sense of humor and that she loved to talk, that she loved animals. And Barbara's son and daughter-in-law were there, too, and Lori's friend Becky. And there were more. Folks from church paused in their day to remember Bonnie's life. Sue and Marie and Janet and Greta and Ruthie and Diana. And they also brought a spread, transforming the small cookie and coffee reception into a feast. There was so much left over, we're going to have some after church. <laughs> Janet's daughter, Cheryl, wrote a letter to Bonnie. When Janet read, read that letter, I learned about youthful days hanging out in the barn behind the pastor's house, about seeking out adventure in Hector. And suddenly, for an instant, ordinary folks were transfigured into a sign of God's presence, a living example of God's never-failing pursuit of connection with us. Salvation in the sense of God's dream for the world made manifest visited each of us that day as we recognized and blessed the memory of a daughter of Abraham. Friends, hearken to Kohelet's wisdom. Two are better than one. If one should fall, the other can pick up their neighbor. Truly, a three-ply cord does not easily snap Come alongside Jesus. Learn from his way. God places the blessing of community in our hands to treasure or discard. Choose love, dear ones, and find rest for your souls. 
in this wisdom, in this way, God showers us with grace abundant. For such grace, let us give all glory and gratitude to God, the giver of our days, gift of perfect love, power and peace given to us all. Amen.